This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about the psychology of dating. What does that mean? Well, talk about the ins and outs, but more importantly, we're going to be uh, troubleshooting and helping you better understand how to get into relationships, why maybe the way you're thinking about them, also the way you're using the apps might be getting in the way of the larger relational goals you have. And of course, along the way, you're going to learn a lot of things for those that are already married or in a relationship, things to think about, things to circle back to, things to center and prioritize. Gotta tell you, we are relational creatures. It is okay to be single. It is okay to want to be single. It is okay to be wanting to go from relationship to singledom. But we have to still acknowledge we are relational beings. And when I say relational, I don't mean romantic or sexual. I just mean that we are social. And uh, every song is about relationships and love and dating, every movie, every book, most conversations. We see every mental health issue somehow born out of or interrupting and getting in the way of. We are just wired that way, right? Our brains are social organs separated only by our skin, right? We have empathy, mirror neurons. It's an important process. So A lot of people have been trained culturally in the way we script things to really believe that the goals of adulthood are relationally centered. Yes, we talk about education. Yes, we talk about career. But a lot of our deeper, more personal goals are about getting in a relationship, cohabitating, getting married, having a child, home ownership, all sorts sorts of things. Now, that's not good or bad. It's really about the way you're going about it and what you're centering because that's not going to be the journey for everyone right? Not everyone is going to find the partner they think they need to be with. But we're going to challenge that notion on tonight's show. So we're going to be doing a real deep dive. So uh, get your notepads ready. Um, And I'm going to try to keep it kind of light. So it's going to leave a lot of you maybe hungry for more. I will keep circling through these topics. I'm going to maybe write an article on it, post some of this on my social media. So um, just know that if you don't necessarily understand everything, we'll circle back. And as always, the uh, DMs are open. That's on our Loveline IG page. Drop your questions in there, topics you want covered, anything you're worried about, wondering about, thinking about, we'll get into it. Even if there's a topic that comes out of tonight's show that you want me to kind of circle back to, drop deeper into, I'm here to do it. Trying to always log and remember the things I'm supposed to circle back to. Um, but I want to start really broad in and just kind of point out that, look, in dating and in relationships, That is where our most important work as a human being emerges. And when I talk about relationships, I mean the people you are having uh, erotic experiences with, the people you're dating, the people you're married to. I mean your siblings. I mean your family members. I mean your friends. I mean your colleagues. That is where our work lies, right? And a lot of our stuff is socially created. We have a lot of social relational trauma that we're working through. And so it's within our relationships that we really get to see what parts of ourselves need work, need healing, need fixing, right? And if we are healthy enough to move through all of our various relationships, seeing it as such, saying, what can I learn about myself in my relationships? Because it does not help us to only be examining, evaluating, and assessing the others. We have to also be looking at ourselves because relationships are a mirror and they show us where our work is, what we need to face, what we need to fix. And the romantic ones tend to be the most triggering. Romantic relationships, of all the many relationships we can be in, tend to be the ones that bring everyone to their core struggles and issues. Even these gurus, 
and 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 experts and spiritual beings, their romantic relationships are always going to be the most difficult thing for them because all of our core existential stuff comes up in there. Our early relational traumas, our social traumas, our self-esteem, our body esteem, our gender trauma. That's right, because we are too gendered in what we expect and what we'll do and what we won't do. That is a trauma that is not real, right? Our race is in there, our racial trauma, right? Racism, sexism, body shame, it's all in there. And so again, use your relationships first. Yes, we're always assessing the health of the other. We've done tons of shows on how to identify toxic traits, how to know when it's time to go. We'll circle back through that again down the road. But right now we're learning about ourselves. And so just remember, when something comes up in a relationship, your first question should be, what, what is this saying about me? Where's my work in this? What am I not wanting to address or face? What can this tell me about myself? What can I learn? And we're going to get more specific in, this, in the next segment, but I just want to really hold that global lens that this is for us to assess ourselves. And again, always working through these roadblocks. There's so many roadblocks. People getting hung up on, well, I'm hetero or I'm gay. And so it's supposed to be dot, dot, dot. The minute you hear yourself thinking in those terms, back up and say, no, I'm a, it's about living authentically. It doesn't matter what my sexual orientation is. That shouldn't dictate what I want, what I hope for, what I expect. I don't care what your gender is or gender presentation or sexual orientation. That doesn't mean you can expect to have dinner paid for. That doesn't mean you expect the other person to be a top or a bottom or the other person to be the assertive one or the other person to be the passive one. Everyone has the responsibility to be their true authentic self and to also challenge and expand and push on that. So yes, mental health and relational health is thinking outside of your gender training, your sexual orientation limits and training, breaking the rules that have kept you bound and single if you want relationship, and also always working on our attachment style, which is the perspective we have on others and ourselves in terms of relationships, which are born out of our early environment. So that was a mouthful. I'm going to circle back through that. But when we come back, we're going to break down the three different core types of dating styles. And we're going to look at which one do we fall into and what are the you know roadblocks in that. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Right, we're back. And again, tonight we're talking about the psychology of dating and there's something for us to learn in this, whether you're in a relationship or married or single or not even wanting to be in a relationship. And that's fine as well. Not everyone is social or relational or romantic. We've talked about that on other shows, so I'm not going to get into it, but we have our sexual orientation and then we have our romantic orientation. Sexual orientation is about gender choice, essentially, right? Or the things that turn us on. It's not always rooted in gender. Romantic orientation is the kind of relational style structure that's best for us. Monogamous, non-monogamous, very close, a little bit of distance in space. Um, other people want more single. Other people want more committed. It's really about the kind of style. But also, we can have a separation between those we're erotically interested and those we're relationally interested. It's not always the same gender. That we've talked about. That we'll talk more about down the road. But I want to get into the different types of dating styles 
And these are dating styles, these are dating ideals, these are dating narratives, and it's, you know, it's bigger than this, but we're collapsing them down into three, three main types. There's, and I'll, I'll go through all of them, there's the first type, which is people who date from a fantasy, romanticized perspective. The second type is people that are all about the best and optimization, right? And the third is people that are a little anxious or avoidant, right? So let's start with the fantasy-based people. The main issue with those that date from a fantasy orientation is that they've really internalized all these fantastical notions that often sound very much like TV shows, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, um, Disneyland, where it's all about, I gotta find my soulmate. There's this one person and when I meet them, everything will be perfect and, and I'm gonna just bump into them. We're gonna be uh, at a football game right? And I'm going to turn around and they're going to drop their soft pretzel on me and I'm going to look at them and there's going to be stars in our eyes and I'm going to know they're the one and it's going to be perfect and no one's going to have to say anything. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. And these fantasy-based people have unrealistic expectations on relationships and how romance works. And they, and they trap themselves. I've worked with clients who really, as they're telling me what their expectation is or what they're wanting or seeking, it literally sounds like a Disney film or a bad rom-com. And it's like, wow, you really think that there's a perfection or a soulmate and that no work is gonna be need to done, to be done. And you shouldn't have to go online or put any effort into it. You just have to, if you're, and again, it's, awful, it's always very gendered as well because those storylines are gendered. Well, I'm a woman, so I shouldn't have to ask anyone out. And it's like, well, that's actually not true. You do. Not every man is assertive or a top. Some guys are passive or quieter or more anxious. Like we have to grow up and be bigger than these notions of fantasy and gender because that's how you keep yourself trapped and single, right? And then we do it on the other end where I have guys that are like, I want a woman who's going to be blah, 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 right? So again, the core dilemma in this fantasy primitive notion is unrealistic expectations, but also really wanting everyone to stay in their lane and follow their gender training. And there's these core beliefs of it should just happen. And once it does, it should be perfect. And that if there's any struggles or conflict, then it's not the right one. But we know that all relationships require work. All relationships require struggle, right? And so that's where this fantasy piece gets in the way. And so what's the work for someone who lives in a very fantasy-based notion, thinking it's just going to happen, and men are men, and women are women, women, and they're opposites, and things are supposed to be a certain way, and I want someone who's going to do this, and set it up this way, and take me to this kind of place, and blah, blah. And it's like, wow, you are not ready to date. And you're also getting in your own way because there's no humanity in there. There's no realism in there. Um, there's no room for authenticity. There's no room for things to be different. There's no room for you to have to be challenged. But a lot of people live in that world. So again, the work is about living in reality. The work is about actually laying down the conditions for love to occur. You do have to go do things. You can't just move through the world waiting for this magical person to emerge. You have to be assertive. You have to get out of the way of gender, thinking that because of your gender, you can be one way and one way only. Um, you have to get rid of this fantasy of what they need to look like. And we're gonna circle back to more about this ego list or this fantasy list. Every time I say to a client or even a person out in the world, tell me the list of things you think that this person needs to have that maybe you get online or into the world assessing people on. And it's always very rooted in their ego. It's always rooted in superficial things. And a lot of times it's rooted in fantasy. It sounds like a child. You know, and I say that lovingly. And so their work is getting rid of that and saying, let me just live authentically and give people a chance, people that are maybe outside of this random list that my ego has told me I need to have to make me feel comfortable because love might not show up in that way. And if I'm really looking for love and relationship, I have to be open to whatever way it emerges. It's kind of like parenting. Stop having a fantasy about who you want your child to be. You know, people say, I want a girl because I want to dress her up in bows. Well, your daughter might be butch or trans or lesbian. Like your job as a parent is to be open to who they are and to support them in who they are. And it's not about you. And dating has to be that way as well. You have to be open to meeting someone who might surprise you and show up looking very different or having a very different lifestyle. Because if you want love, that's what we're going after. But if you want ego and a fantasy, good luck. And, and you wind up staying very stuck and you miss out. So you have to stay and do the work. When we come back, we're going to talk about someone who does the opposite. They're very much 
not rooted in fantasy, but yet they apply a different kind of pressure by being one of those people that's like, I need the best, it needs to be optimal, and, and they have a different entry point that gets in their way. So we're gonna come back and talk about that. And then later in the show, right, I'm gonna break down how to better use dating apps because all of these different types are gonna get in your way differently when we're out there in the dating world and trying to use these apps. So stick around and we'll come back. We're gonna talk about the second type. We're starting to try to identify who we are. It's a little tough love, it's a little heavy handed. I'm giving it to you straight. And I want you to be really, really conscious about what, which of these types am I and, and really trying to follow along in what that work would be. Uh, past episodes of Loveline though are over at wearechannelq.com. So check that out. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. And as I said, we're gonna be gliding into the DMs later brought to you by Astroglide and uh, answering whatever questions you have. So if you got something for us, drop it in there and uh, give us a follow back. You know what I mean? All right, y'all, you are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. And uh, we will be right back. All right, we're back and we're talking about the different types, different narratives or styles or ideas that people date with. The first one we were covering earlier was the fantasy one, too romanticized. It's like a Disney movie or The Bachelorette or rom-com where everyone's supposed to be in their lane, do what they're supposed to do. Men are men and do it like this. Women are women and do it like that. Opposite genders, living in fantasy, not really wanting to do work, waiting for their soulmate, thinking it's just gonna emerge on its own. Now we're moving into what I call the optimizer. This is the person who is, every day of their week is scheduled, at 9 a.m. they're at the gym, by 10 a.m. they're showered eating their breakfast, by 11 a.m. they're blah, 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 and by noon they're doing this, and they're always on the go, and they're all about going to bed at this time and getting up at that time, and everything should be perfect and optimal, and they won't take no, and failure's not an option. Oh my God. I'm exhausted and I work with those people and they often have high blood pressure and they're missing out on joy and they're missing out on all the things that happen in the world when we slow down and we rest. And bigger than that, when we're talking about people, it just doesn't work like that. It can't be like, here's a list of what I'm looking for and I need to find that. It's like, what? where did you get the idea that you actually know what you need? And again, these lists of what we think we need are often rooted in superficial ideals that cultures told us we need, that our ego tells us we need, but aren't actually what the research shows are the factors that lead to long-term happy relationships, right? And so we're looking for what we think looks good on paper, and that's awesome on the short term, but the long term, it doesn't matter. And we'll get to that deeper later. Right now, we're just talking about the different styles. So this optimizer, their core issue is they have really unrealistic expectations on people. My God, I'm constantly saying to those people in my office, dude, humanize that person. They're not perfect. Yes, you are looking for perfect. Even if you say you're not, you are. People are allowed to have flaws. That doesn't mean they're not the right person for you or they're not a good partner. We have to see humanity in people. We have to afford that, right? And so their work is about looking for good enough because when we're talking about people and relationships, that's all we can expect is good enough. Perfect doesn't exist because when people explain what perfect means is it usually again means there'll be no work, we'll always be perfectly aligned, I don't have to ch be challenged or learn anything about myself. And it's like, oh my God, you're, you, you're misapplying whatever your gym workout and perspective is on people. And it doesn't quite work like that. It's not the right number of sets and the right exercises and all as well. People are more complex than that. So they have this capitalist mindset rooted in productivity and optimization and needing the best and failure is not an option. And it's like, that's not what you can bring to dating. So they also have, they also often obsess on choices because they're always trying to figure out if they made the right one because they want the best of everything. Their car has to be the best. They got their hair cut. I don't think he cut it perfect. I need to go back and have the barber fix it. And it's like, you really do need to learn how to slow down and work on contentment and good enough. You're gonna burn yourself out, but more important people as well. Um, and then there's like a subtype to that, which is the version of that where they then also become a runner. And their dilemma is they're, they're there for the early stages where it's all about what we call NRE, new relational energy and novelty. And the minute that waxes or wanes, which will happen with everyone in all relationships, they panic and they leave because they say it's not working or it's not the right fit because they naively think that those early stages where there's novelty and excitement and what we call again, NRE, new relational energy, they're chasing that. But all relationships, when they really get attached, and the comfort shows up, you can't panic because love feels different than early lust. And they're always chasing after lust, which is a beautiful, powerful thing in the beginning, but lust 
decreases quicker than like. Like lasts two times longer than lust. So you're looking for someone that you like and that you enjoy. Because years in a relationship, it's about what does it feel like when you're with them? Do you enjoy sitting across the table for them? Do you want to travel with them? Can you imagine what it would be like to maybe run a household, a, a, a joint financial investment, or a child with them? And none of those things are tied to how hot they still are to you or how good some of that exciting early novel sex is, right? And so their dilemma is they have to stick around when things cool off a little bit. They, they have to stick around when some worker conflict shows up. They have to stick around and do the darn work. They can't confuse longer-term love, care, safety, and commitment with the new relational energy that often they're driven by, and they get very confused. And so people in relationships aren't about optimal and the best. If those are not the right frameworks. You can apply that to cars and your gym workout or whatever else, but that can't be what you expect of people. People are going to have flaws. They're going to struggle. And that's not a sign that it's bad, wrong, broken, or not a match. Does that make sense? So again, so far we're talking about two types. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk about the third. The first one is those that live in fantasy and they think it's all going to be a Disney, a Disney movie or a rom-com. The second type is the optimizer who thinks everything has to be perfect and ideal. They obsess over choices. They want to always have the best. And then the subtype of that is the runner, the person who bolts when things get tough or different or complicated. They want everything to be perfect and ideal like it was in the beginning. But in the beginning of a relationship, it's all fantasy. There's no real people. It's all fantasy. We haven't known them or, or been with them long enough to know who they really are. And so we're projecting and making up who we think they are based on the limited knowledge we have. And most people early on aren't even showing up authentically when I always say be as authentic as possible from the door to truly assess chemistry and compatibility. But a lot of people don't because they're anxious and they're leading with a little bit of a fake self. They're selling a little bit of a dream, right? We get hooked on that. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the third and final type. And then we're going to push on to how this applies to dating apps. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. All right, we're back. And uh, now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. Uh, these DMs come from our Loveline IG page. As always, if you got a question for us, drop it in there. Anything you're wondering about, someone else might be too. And if you got a uh, topic you want me to dive into, drop it in there as well. Or, you know, something I might have spoken about already you want clarification on. We got your back. Uh, so this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my boyfriend and I haven't had sex in many, many months. I have body issues and I often feel embarrassed, even though I believe and he says that he loves me no matter what. Ah, that's a beautiful thing. I believe him 1000% when he says that I'm coming to terms with my body image, but I feel like we might have become just friends. Little kisses here and there, still call each other babe. That's about it. I don't know what to do. Ah, all right. So much in there. Well, first off, I'm glad that you're with a partner who finds you attractive, values you, validates you, expresses that. You know, that's an important part of relationship, especially for in a monogamous relationship to have partners that we find attractive and that find us attractive. That's part of sexual compatibility. Uh, excuse me. That is part of sexual compatibility and an important part of sexual chemistry. Um, and we hope to be with a partner where our eroticism for each other grows as our bodies shift and change and we age. It doesn't always happen and then we have another issue, but I'm glad that you're with someone who feels that way. But eroticism, it can sometimes drop. So if you've already had compatibility and chemistry there, awesome, I can help you. If not, then it, the question really becomes about how do I work on a sex life with someone who I'm not turned on by? And it's a really hard answer because uh, you can't. You kind of find ways to eroticize. That's for another topic, another day. But uh, basically what I'm hearing you kind of say is maybe we've drifted a little into a non-erotic, non-romantic relationship or style. How do I bring that back? Perfect. This is what you do. You start to re-eroticize your partner and re-romance them every single day. I'll give everyone else a tip based on that in a minute, but that's what you have to do. Every single day, find a way to build in eroticism or romanticism as a way to reignite it, to have access to it, to make it more familiar. Uh, and again, there's so many ways to do that. You just flirt, you wink, you kiss, you touch, you cuddle, you leave them a note, you send them an email, you take a picture, you have sex, you make out, you buy them a gift, you say something thoughtful every single day. We want to always keep it close. We always want to keep it accessible. And that's the tip for everyone else. Do that every day for your partner so as to never let it drift because it's harder to get back to it. After many months away from 
from it, it can be very hard. It gets very fragile, right? It's not as familiar. So keep it close. Keep connected. Keep building in on that. Remember, we're always staying in the stages of courtship and the stages of romanticism. We always want to attract. We always want to flirt. We always want to romance. If we let those things drop, we then can't complain about why we don't have those in our relationship anymore. Those are verbs. Those are actions. We're romanticizing and sexualizing or we're not. And if we're not, you won't have that or that kind of relationship. So the way we get back to it is by bringing it back. But more importantly, don't ever let it go. Your romance partner is supposed to be romanticized and romanticize you. Your sex partner is supposed to be someone who's sexual with you, right? So talk about it. Hey, I miss that. How can we get back to it? Get each, get all partners on the same side, uh, prioritizing, bringing it back, and then start to do that daily. It'll get more familiar. It'll get close. That's what, that's what you got. If for some reason your partner's not interested or not, or not into that, well, then you have to have that conversation. What does that mean? But you have to first start by talking about it. Second, get everyone on the same page. And third, start enacting it and then never let it go. It's a beautiful resource. It's a beautiful tool, but sometimes people don't see it as important as it is, or they think that things should run on autopilot, or they think, well, now we're married. Now we're monogamous. Now we live together. Now we have kids. These things don't matter. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Those are things that we miss. And all that is a part of our mental health. It's a part of our self-esteem. Our self-esteem, our self-worth, our body esteem is reflected back to us by those around us. It is not an inside job. Self-esteem is not an inside job. It, it, it requires some inside work, but it's also something that's relational. It's relationally created, right? The injuries are social and relational, and they're healed relationally and socially. So get back to that. Make it important, but get them on the same page. It's valuable stuff. It's important stuff. And um, yeah, so that's what you got to do. But you also have to be willing to face whatever comes out of that conversation because maybe your partner will let you know, I've fallen out of love. I'm not interested in doing this anymore. I've fallen in love with someone else. Like we never know where that journey will lead, but it's an important conversation to have because we need to know what's going on. You know what I mean? So it's, your partner sounds awesome. Good luck. You care about them. Circle back and let me know how that goes. But I think there's a lot of learning lessons in that question for everyone. So Let's all focus on that. All right, coming up next, uh, we're gonna be talking about tips for getting into and having your first three-way. Ah, uh, yes, important, important stuff. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right. We are back and uh, we are finishing up talking about the three different types, different styles or narratives or ideals that we have on dating and relationships that get in our way. We want to identify which one are we so we can then say, what's the work for that kind of person? First one was a person who lives in fantasy. They think everything's going to be like a rom-com or a Disney movie, right? And they have unrealistic expectations of how relationships happen and what you have to do and they don't want to be assertive and they get hung up on, well, I'm a girl, so I don't have to, or as a guy, I shouldn't. It's like, nope, the world doesn't care about that. That's not how psychology works. Um, they think it should just happen, but they have to work on living in reality, creating the conditions for to occur. I don't care what your gender is. You have to be assertive. You have to step outside of that. Then we talked about the optimizer who wants the best, op ideal, doesn't know how to stick around when things get a little more comfortable or even complicated when they don't let human beings actually have flaws. They keep themselves single that way. Or the subtype of that, which is the runner, they bolt as soon as things quiet down a little bit, always chasing that new relational energy. It keeps them trapped. It keeps them stuck. At some point, all the fantasy quiets down and it moves into, do I like this person? What's it like to be with them? We go from lust to like. Lust is awesome in the beginning and it can emerge later. But like is more powerful and sticks around longer. And now we're moving into the final type, which is the person who's anxious or avoidant. And their issue is they never feel ready. They always have an excuse as to why I can't date now. As soon as I lose weight, as soon as I get a different job, as soon as I, no, that might never happen. And even when it does happen, something else might occur. Life is complex. My God, we could have played that game a long time ago with all the things that are going on in the world. You, you, you do it now. It's like parenting. You can't really be ready. You kind of figure it out as you go. Marriage is the same way. You can read books. You can prep a little bit, but you never know what's coming, you know, and dating's the same way. So for them, they have to just step in and do it. Don't wait. Don't wait for this magical goal. That's your anxiety talking or your avoidance. Do it now anyway. Date as the date without the job of your dreams. Date while maybe not having the body you think you need to have. Date even while you might not have the finances secure yet. Because that also helps you maybe meet a better kind of person, someone who's not living in the land of ego and idealism, right? And we're gonna get some more of that later. So this person, the anxious person, the avoidant person who always isn't ready and has excuses and a good reason, you gotta make a plan. 
and you just do it. Small steps, but you do it. Download the app, start checking it. You know what I mean? Um, you have to work on being more secure, being more open, taking risks, laying down some of the conditions around which it can emerge, you know? And all types have to think in terms of long-term. What would it be like to live with this person? What would it be like if I was with this person while struck down with an illness or disability or job loss? What would it be like if we want kids to raise kids with this person? We wanna start thinking, as I heard a theorist say, we're looking for a partner, not a prom date. A prom date means they just have to look good for tonight in a photo and on paper. They have to be hot, they have to be a certain height. Oh my God, God bless gender dating, which is a hot mess. They have to be taller than me if I'm a woman. And again, none of those things matter for long-term happy relationships but this is our ego and fragility talking. That's what you look for in a prom date. But in a partner, you don't care about their height or weight or anything like that. You're caring about what kind of parent would they be? What kind of partner while I'm ill? What would it be like if I lost my job with them? Are they kind? Are they loyal? Those are long-term qualities that we know from the research are what you need to have long-term happy relationship. The research says it doesn't matter about money because after a certain amount of money, we become habituated and it's not about that. It's not about looks. Those things come and go. Yes, I want you to be attracted to your partner. But, but we have to get deeper than that. We'll talk more about that in the next segment when we kind of get into dating apps. But again, the work is asking yourself, which, which one of these kinds of dating styles do I have? Or which one of these styles has a narrative that I move through the world with? Because what you really want to do is say to yourself, I don't know what I need. Start there. And whatever I think I need is probably rooted in my ego or the fantasy I have of what I think I need. Because if you're really breaking it down to height, weight, and income, you're thinking short-term, you're thinking from your ego and fragility, and you're looking for a great person on paper. But if you're looking for love and a long-term partner and long-term happiness and safety and trust, it's a whole set of different qualities, and we'll get into that. But you need to know your style to need to know how to get out of your way. So the fantasy people need to live in reality. The optimizers have to look for someone who's good enough and allow humanity and for people to have flaws. If you're an optimizer and a runner, you have to learn how to stick around when things get difficult or you get let down. And the anxious avoidant people have to learn how to lean in and take risks and start dating now. Because I promise you, there is no magical moment when it all feels perfect and ideal. Life doesn't work like that. And something new will always emerge. And next thing you know, it's five years later right? And so we have to just step in. And for those that have been hurt, I get it. Dating's often hurting or being hurt until you find someone who likes you as much as you like them. But until then, we're going to be letting people down and people are going to be letting us down. And if dating and being let down feels very painful, it means you need more experience of being let down. You need to learn how to be, go through that more often so that you're not scared of it anymore. I can't tell you how many times I've been let down with dating, so much so that when I was still dating, I was like, eh, Oh, it was a bummer. They seemed really cool, but I've been here before. You know, getting let down sucks, but it's part of the game and I get back on the horse and I keep going. So if you're really scared of being broken up with or let down or ghosted or disappointed, it tells me you need more experience with it. And then you'll realize it ain't that deep and it's part of the game while we all also work on being better and not ghosting and having care and compassion for people. So we're going to talk more about all that, but more specifically how this all applies to dating apps as soon as we get back. So uh, again, later in the show, we'll be gliding back into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got for us, drop it in there. And past episodes of Loveline, as always, are over at wearechannelq.com. So um, slide on over there and, and you can uh, check out past episodes. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on new channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, we're back. And uh, we were just kind of really going through all the different dating styles or grand narratives or, or, or subtypes. And we were talking about really identifying which one we are so that we can really work on getting out of our own way, right? Like when we know what the work is, we're good. And when you know what the work is by identifying what, what the struggle is, what type we are, excuse me. <clears throat> so now let's talk about app use. First off, we have to hold space for dating app burnout, which is, the exhaustion, the frustration, the letdown. If when you're on apps or the thought of going on one, you're angry and frustrated. If you notice you're on there picking fights with people and attacking, it means you're burnout and you need a break. So if that's you, take a freaking break. Take it off your phone for a few days or weeks or months and take a break because we shouldn't be letting it make our life harder. And we should be going on the apps when we're feeling good and we're feeling happy. Why? Because that gives me a sense that you're going to use it appropriately. Because its purpose is only to give you the possibility of meeting someone. We can't go on there desperate for something and we can't go on there angry. So if you're feeling angry or frustrated when you're ready to get on there, don't. 
And it's also not giving these other people a chance. We need to go on there at, from our best so we can give ourselves and the other person the best chance they have. But going on at the wrong times when anger or frustrated is burnout, take a break. Now, the other thing is a lot of people get on here with these short-term traits that they think they need. And I call it your ego list. They need to be this height and this weight. And it's like, wow, apps only give us that kind of information. And so I appreciate where people then start to think in terms of that kind of information. And you're comparing based on the only factors and attributes that the app gives you access to, height, weight, career. So of course we start comparing those people. But know that in the real world, we're not as aware. You might be at a party talking to someone, not aware of their exact height, because it, you can't tell and it doesn't matter, you're not comparing, and you're like, this person's great. But on an app, when you're given the option of someone who's 5'7", 5'9", and 5'11", well, you're gonna start to think in those traits, and we've decided culturally, arbitrarily, and randomly that taller is better, and you're gonna probably be more prone to give the taller person a chance. That's, that's not what long-term happiness is about. Because when you're sitting at a dinner table talking, when you're raising a child, when you're in bed having sex, their height doesn't matter. But yet, the apps give us arbitrary traits like that, and we focus on them, and then we think in terms of those short-term pieces. That matters in terms of just short-term. You sitting there on the app, excited and willing to go on a date with them. But we want to be evaluating and, and assessing based on long-term things. Do they seem kind? Do I enjoy talking with them? Do they seem smart? Do they seem loyal? Those are the things you need to be thinking about, right? Are they compassionate? Are they emotionally available and mature? That's what matters, right? We're often too focused on the right now. And we do want to think about the future. That's the one flaw in people being like, be in the moment, just be in the moment. Don't future trip, don't worry about the future. No, no, no. We don't want to anxiously and obsessively worry about the future, but we don't want to have what we call a present bias, a bias to only worrying about the right now. We do need to think about long-term goals, long-term consequences, long-term impact, always. So please don't just think about the moment. That's usually just thinking very impulsively, we do want to think about longer term and we have to do that in terms of relationship. So don't obsess over those basic factors. And if you're that person doing that, ask yourself, why does my ego mandate that my partner have a certain height or weight or income? Because that doesn't matter when we look at the long-term research that tells us that what does matter is compassion, trust, loyalty, emotional maturity, respect, that's what matters. And you only find that out by going on dates. So that's what you have to remember is you have to go on dates. Those are factors that are only demonstrated with experience. The app can't give you that. They can only give you consumer-based, right, static traits. They can't give you the experiential traits. And those are what are very important. Observable traits matter to see if you're attracted to them, but we have to hold that lightly. We get obsessed with things like similarities as well. They're outdoorsy and I'm indoors. It'll never work. Well, there is something called social compatibility, and you're right. If they always want to be outdoors and you always want to be indoors, you might not be socially compatible, right? But we don't want to obsess about that because, again, we miss out on meeting great people based on these static factors of indoors or outdoors. We don't really know what that means, and we don't really know if they're open to being challenged or transforming beyond that. And so I actually tell people, hold those factors lightly because all my longest term happiest relationships, including the one I'm in now, we don't have on paper a lot of social similarities, but we have trust, we have compassion, we have care, we have attraction, we have emotional maturity. And that helps us weather through the fact that I'm a little more indoorsy, they're a little more outdoorsy. You know what I mean? That's just a rough example. And I'm willing to step into that for them because I care. You know what I mean? And so we want to hold these things lightly. We're, we're a little too focused and obsessed with the few factors that the apps give us access to that we can assess on the fly that are what we call measurable factors. But what really matters all the things that we can't assess until we're standing before them. So when in doubt, go out is always what I say. If there's enough there, go out. If they feel good enough, go out. Get them on the phone as soon as possible to start to assess that. But you have to let go of their height, their weight, their income, because none of that matters for long-term satisfaction satisfaction. That's your ego, truly. And that will keep you trapped and that will keep you single. And we're thinking outside of that. You have to be around them to assess these things. And until you meet them, you're also working from a place of fantasy and projection. You're filling in the gaps. You're deciding what indoorsy means. You're deciding what I love concerts or don't love concerts means. You know, and I hear these examples. Oh, well, they said they would never want to go to the beach. Well, 
I don't know what mood they were in when they said that. Maybe they would be under certain circumstances or maybe not, but there's tons of other things that weren't mentioned on the app that you have in common that mean a lot more and you'll be glad you went out. So when in doubt, go out. Always give people a chance. And most of the important factors are not observable or quantifiable on an app, even though they try with those ridiculous questions. So we have to hold space. We have to be more open. If nothing else, learn from the segment. Be more open. Don't think you know. Don't think you know so much. You know, all right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what to do on those dates. And again, hopefully you'll see, this is something that we can apply to people that are already in relationships. This is not just exclusively for single people. All right, y'all, you got DM first, dropping the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be closing out with that. And as always, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back and I've been talking about the app use. So much to say about that. It's really hard to squeeze that into one show. I'll circle back. I'll talk more about these things. But quickly now, we're just going to finish up. And uh, next segment, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. But right now, we're going to talk about the date itself because that's huge too. And this applies to people that are married or already in long-term relationships. These things apply. First thing is ask questions, especially when you're on a first date. You wanna be interested, not interesting. It's not about flaunting yourself. It's about making the other person feel acknowledged and cared for. I've told you stories of when I've been on dates and I almost feel like I had to be like, hi, I'm here as well. You keep talking at me. I've learned a lot about you, but you've asked me no questions about myself. And uh, people, hear this, people walk away from experiences with others, hanging out with a friend, going on a date, feeling as though it went well when they were talking a lot about themselves. So if you left a date, and you can't tell me anything about that other person. You can't give me three to five fun facts. That means you weren't asking them about themselves. That means you weren't listening. And that means they left away feeling really ignored. So make sure you are asking and you're curious about them. Make sure you walk away having learned about them. But if you're just sitting there talking about yourself, making everything about you, thinking you need to present and flaunt and peacock, they're gonna walk away being like, wow, they're narcissistic, self-centered, self-obsessed. They didn't ask me anything about me. They learned nothing about me. I've even had that with friends. I'm like, hey, can I tell you about my week? You know? So remember to ask questions. Also, don't plan really unfun, boring, sterile dates. I get where people are like, time is money. Let's just meet for coffee, see how that goes. But that often will create a problem. People feel rushed. They don't feel like you're really giving them adequate time. So if you're trying to factor in too many dates a week, you're not giving them enough of a chance. You're rushing in, you're on the fly, you're going to evaluate them very quickly. It's not fair. It's not the right way to do it. Actually go and give them some time, plan something where they can actually show up and be themselves. Don't make them feel so rushed. And always remember, we're dating to be known, not to be liked. So we don't go on a date saying, what do I need to do so I know that they like me? Like, what should I talk about? What should I wear? Where should I take them? Wrong perspective. It should be wear what you wear. Take them to the kind of places you go to. Go as yourself so you can both assess what does that feel like and is that compatible. Don't sell a dream, right? Because that's misrepresentation. And then you can't trust that we're compatible if you're faking it. Go as yourself. So what should you wear? What you wear? What kind of places should you go? The kind of places you like to go. You know what I mean? Date authentically and finding out that we're not a match is a successful date. A date's about did we really show up honestly and assess or do we both show up faking it? Because if you matched over that, that's not a real match. You know what I mean? Um, also, leave your phones out of sight off the table and away and don't be on them. That disrupts, that stresses. Keep them away. Be fully present. And the bigger pieces, we're not evaluating anything other than what does this feel like to be with them? What does it feel like to be with them? Does it feel good? Do I feel safe? Do I feel curious? Do I feel interested? And then walking away, what was it like to have been with them? That is what you want to focus on, how it feels. Stop assessing all the superficial factors that don't matter for long-term happy relationships. When you ask couples that have been together happily for a long time, they don't say, thank God my husband was six foot and over. They say to you something like, he's a good man, right? Happy relationships. They'll say, because I trust them. I feel safe with them. They were there with me through my parents' death or my job loss. They don't say things like, oh, uh, you know what the success of a happy relationship is? A good BMI, body mass index, really being of, the, of a certain kind of weight or a certain kind of height or thank God they made a certain kind of money. That is short-term stuff and we're thinking longer term, right? And then finally, and this is a big one and we're gonna kind of close out on this, um, although there's so much more to say. Um, remember that there's a difference between, I, always, I have clients doing a lot of this. What are green lights, the things they're looking for? What are red flags, things that they need to keep an eye on, right? And assess what are deal breakers, 
but I break down the deal breakers with them because we don't want preferences or pet peeves to be part of deal breakers. You can be bothered by things or annoyed by things and maybe something's not ideal, but that's not a deal breaker. Those often fall under, yeah, grow up. People are not gonna be perfect and people aren't ideal. We don't kick people out of our lives over things that are just preferences or annoyance or pet peeves. Deal breakers have to be actual deal breakers. And so really, really sit with that. I see a lot of people getting sadly keeping themselves single or leaving really great people because of small basic stuff. You know, we're a little too sensitive. The smallest infractions set us off. We have to be a little more durable, a little more resilient, give people more of a chance. That's why I say when in doubt, go out. When in doubt, see them again if you have the time, energy, and interest. Give people chances. First date, they might be anxious. Second time, still settling. By the third time, maybe better assessment. I also say get on the phone or FaceTime before you go on a date. Might help you realize you don't even need to go on a date. You know, but we have to be smarter. So the key is do it differently. Challenge yourself to be different. Challenge yourself to be more open. Challenge yourself to not think in terms of your ego and the fantasy ego list of what you think this partner needs to have as attributes for a good relationship. Follow the science, but challenge yourself, right? Let relationships and dating be a mirror where you're shown where your work is. Face yourself, work on these things. Stop making it about the, the other people. And you're gonna to start to hear these things out in culture where people are rattling off what they're looking for and it's like, it just doesn't work like that. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're gonna glide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Anything you wanna hear about, we're here for you. Topics, questions, circling back through things. Um, so we'll be closing out the show on that. And uh, we are channelq.com for past shows. Check those out as well. All right, y'all, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and Odyssey. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back, and now it's time to glide into the DMs, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. Bum, bum, bum. All right, this question says, Dear Loveline and Dr. Chris, I found a really great guy on a dating app. See, see y'all, it happens. That's where people are going. Get on those apps. We have to get familiar with them, confidence in them. We have to learn how to utilize them. Ooh, important stuff. He's handsome, super nice, funny. Ah, the trifecta. I love it. This is going to sound dumb, but he doesn't want to FaceTime. Yeah. Doesn't sound dumb, but it's a red flag. However, let's find out more. You said, I know that this is some catfish material, but I even asked him to send me a picture with a spoon and a note on it one day, and he did. And it looked like the pictures. I love that you did that. See, that's the key. Someone's like, I don't want to get on FaceTime. It's like, all right, well, send me a photo doing this, something random. See if it's really them. Uh, but what else can I do if he doesn't want to FaceTime to make the next step? I don't know. As I always say, before you go on a date, I think you should get on the phone or get on FaceTime. Sometimes you realize we're not compatible. I thought we were. Because again, I do believe that it's okay to want a very casual, 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 casual hang before you go on a full date. It's a commitment to go on a full date. I know a lot of people don't like that. They think the first date should be some extreme, extravagant, over the top. Sorry, y'all. When I was single and I was dating, the first date was a meetup to see if I wanted a date. I wasn't willing to commit to hours with someone at a dinner, at an event, or whatever it was, hiking. I can't roll like that. If I'm not interested in someone, I don't want to hold space with them like that. So I always got on the phone or FaceTime, and if that went well, then we'd go on a date. And if not, you know... So for me, it's a hard line. If someone won't get on FaceTime, then I'm not willing to get in my car and drive to meet them. If they're not willing to put in a few minutes to get on FaceTime, I'm not willing to put in time to drive my car somewhere and spend money to get to know them. I'm sorry, I'm not. So you get to decide what you want to make of that. Ask them why. I'd love to hear what their reasoning is. Some people aren't comfortable that way. Okay, I respect that. Um, will they get on the phone at least? 
because if they're not even willing to do that, I'm nervous for you. I'd make sure they at least get on the phone, but you get to decide your deal breakers. For me, it's a deal breaker. I need to see you and talk to you before I'm willing to drive and meet in real time, but I'm protective of my time and energy and who I share space with. I'm a little more particular. I just can't settle into spending time with anyone anywhere. I, I really prioritize intimacy and I'm very thoughtful about who I extend that to and welcome into my life. I have a busy schedule. Um, but I think relationality is important. So I accommodate as best I can. So I'd want to know why, what is that about? And if it's reasonable, cool. And if not, it's odd that they won't get on FaceTime, but they want you to like walk or get in a car and meet them somewhere. Like mm, you have a right to say no to that. So let's see what it's about. Some people might not feel calm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really need to know. <laughs> this is one of those ones where I want you to ask and circle back and tell us because it is suspect. It just is. Again, I appreciate we have body image issues and, and whatnot, but like at some point you're going to meet them in real time. So I don't know. It's a big red flag for me. I think it is for most of us. A lot of catfishing goes on, you know, and just because they're able to send you a picture of the note and a spoon, their roommate could have been in that photo. They could have asked someone else to do it and sent you that photo. I don't know but at least see if they'll get on the phone with you. But I want you to ask why. I mean, remember, every everything counts. It's not like, well, none of this counts until we get on the date. It's only on the date that I assess compatibility and mental health and chemistry. No, it starts from the door. If I'm on a, an app, the way someone reaches out, the way someone engages me the whole time we're on there, that counts, that matters. From the door, I'm like, what is it like to sit with this person? What kind of boundaries do they have? What kind of integrity? What kind of communication skills? It matters from the jump. And already they're like setting up roadblocks and obstacles. I don't know. I don't feel okay about it. Maybe I'm off, but like I need people to put in a lot of time and energy on the front end before I'm willing to carve out space to go on an actual date with them. So that's up to you. But yes, I think it's a red flag. Um, and I think you have a right to kind of shoot that down and say, we're not a match then. Like, I'm just not comfortable with that boundary. I'm glad they're setting it, but you have a right to say, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's not, let's not move any further, you know? But again, like I keep rambling about, I want to know from them what they think that's about. All right, y'all, that is our show. Um, we'll be back tomorrow talking about how to change habits, uh, important stuff, and uh, DMs. Always gliding into them. Thanks, Astroglide. So if you got a question for us, drop it in there. Past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, bam, click on it. There they are. Post, spin, share, check them all out. And pick up my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. Both of them are on mental health, relationships, and sex, gender. It's all in there. How to learn to love our bodies, explore our sexuality, all sorts of good stuff. So check that out. Enjoy the rest of your night. See y'all tomorrow. As always, thanks for hanging out and uh, be kind to yourself and be kind to everyone else. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.